Is your life made up of many disjointed, fragmented pieces? Or is there a larger narrative that's unfolding? Sadly, most of us live our lives from moment to moment. Some are ups, some downs, twists and turns. But the truth is you need to know that your life is a journey. A journey with many legs, but one journey. And, and furthermore, that journey has meaning. When you can appreciate those two facts, that your life is a journey, and all the pieces of it are not separate and fragmented, but all part of this larger journey, and that journey has deeper meaning, it is a narrative that continues to unfold, it can change the way you look at everything that you do, from the smallest detail to the biggest picture. So please join me in this important talk titled, How to Find Meaning in Your Journey. Hi, Simon Jacobson here, and welcome. How to find meaning in your journey. This program is dedicated. It's a very exuberant happy birthday to Mark Belinsky. With tremendous gratitude to our dear friend and generous supporter. May you and Rebecca and your family only celebrate, and may you live up which is the whole meaning of a birthday, to the purpose and mission for which you were created, to illuminate and warm your corner of the world with your unique energy. Which is a perfect segue into the topic, how to find meaning in your journey. But the first thing we have to do is begin with how we look at life. The fact of the matter is that the default state of how we look at things is in the moment, which means right now we're in the present, yesterday is yesterday, tomorrow's tomorrow. And essentially our lives become a collection of many different fragmented, disjointed pieces. Obviously there are things that connect to each other. We commute to get to work, we travel to meet family or go on vacation, so there are connections. But if you were to list everything you did on any given day, Actually, try this. Sit down and list everything that you have done today from the morning till the evening, from the moment you wake up till the moment you go to sleep. And include also sleep. You'll come up with approximately 100 items. I've obviously tested it. I've done workshops around this. Actually, I have a chapter in Toward a Meaningful Life called A Day of Life, a day in your life, a day of life, that, that talks about this in more detail. So you'll come up with around 100 different items. From the moment you wake up, the press the snooze button, finally get out of bed, um, uh, it, 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 exercise, shower, groom, have a, have a coffee, breakfast, commute, 
all the different things that we do. I'm just giving examples. It may be different, maybe different order. Go to work. Have a few significant interactions. Some less. Lunch. Evening. You name it. Some days may be very special. But on the average day, you'll come down and you'll find a whole bunch of details. You decided to take a walk during the afternoon, so you went into a store to shop. What is that connected to tying your shoelaces in the morning when you woke up? No connection. So you'll find a bunch of details, and then you start saying, is there a connection between these details? And you won't find many. Some will be connected, most will not. So you'll say, okay, big thing, so what? Life is made up of details, minutia. But imagine this now accumulates day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, century after century, millennia after millennia. We actually moved from one millennia to another 22 years ago. So now you've accumulated millions, if not billions of fragments. So you could again say, so what? Big thing. Well, human beings, just like nature abhors chaos, human beings also do. When you walk into your house and you see a mess, and everybody, of course, mess is relative to each person, but everybody has what they call order, is disturbing. It's disconcerting and, um, and, 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 and quite uh, dis- disturbing. We all need order. Even little children, give them objects of different shapes and sizes, and they'll fit them in to those corresponding holes, because that's what we do. We like order. And when we don't have order, even if we're not conscious of it, it creates turbulence within us. Emotional, psychological turbulence. Because unity is the nature of existence. Look at the human body. A healthy human body is an organism with 30 to 75 trillion cells and so many different components and parts and systems and so on. In a healthy body, they're all working together as one symmetrical whole. That's what health is. If they're not, that's called disease, infection, illness, or even death, God forbid. Same thing nature. Nature is made up of trillions, trillions, even beyond trillions of atoms and subatomic particles. And again, systems, solar systems, universes, planets. And just on Earth alone, how many species are there? And they too work in this symbiotic harmony. And when they don't, it creates problems. So if you think about it, what's going on, it's not just fragments, it's pieces of a puzzle. Sometimes it's very obvious, sometimes you need to to, to study it a bit more. That's essentially what science is, discovering the unifying principles that connect different phenomena that may have seemed initially so fragmented or so separate from one another. An integral unity. So now let's take it back to our lives. Why then do we look at our lives so much details? Because that's the initial perspective of things. When you look at something with your naked eye, you don't see the unifying elements of it. You need to think about it. You see a tree in the forest. You're walking in that forest. It took something. Someone had to come up with the idea that that tree is made of wood, and you can take the wood and chop it down. And I'm talking about all for productive purposes. And then shape the wood into a table, into a chair. And then suddenly it's become part of your life. It's a utility. And the same with every technology and with every item in this world. 
So if you think about it, it's taking fragments and turning them into a unified story. We call it a narrative. But the context of life, let's call it a journey. That life indeed is a journey. When you look in the Bible, you'll see everything is a journey. The journey of the soul coming into this world, the journey of Adam and Eve as they go through the Garden of Eden and even when they're expelled from there, the journey of Noah and the flood and the ark, the journey into the ark, out of the ark, the journey of Abraham. Leave your homeland, leave the place of your birth, leave your country, your land, and go to the place that I will show you. The journey of Isaac, the journey of Jacob, as he leaves his home to go elsewhere to build a family. And of course, the journey of the Jewish people, which is the overall story, first into Egypt, and then the exodus out of Egypt, and then for 40 years, journeying in the wilderness, 42 journeys to be exact. But there are 42 journeys of one larger journey to the promised land. Life is a journey. Just that alone can be a tremendous epiphany because it tells you that it's pieces of one larger journey. Does the journey have twists and turns? Absolutely. Ups and downs. Setbacks and progress. Assets and liabilities. But they're all still part of that one journey. Just knowing that changes perspective because instead of looking at things as living in the moment, and I mean that in a negative sense, not the positive sense, meaning each moment, just another fragmented piece and trying to manage, that's called reactive living. You're reacting to circumstances. You're reacting to what has happened to you. When you understand the journey, it becomes proactive because the journey continues. That Even right now, I may not fully understand what's going on, but I know it's leading me somewhere. Everything is on its way to another place. And when you embrace that, then you learn to navigate. When you don't, then what happens is the circumstances of life control you instead of you controlling them. Now, we can't control circumstances, but we can control how we navigate them. So lesson number one, my friends, is you are on a journey. Your life is a journey. And even when there is a, indeed even a, a loss or tragedy or something we would consider to be really negative, it's also part of your journey, your unique journey. So think of it like a musical symphony. It can go on for hours, and there are lulls, and there are highs, ebb and flow, and the entire rhythm that goes into a beautiful piece of music. That's your story. That's your life. But now comes point number two. Finding meaning in your journey. Now, interestingly, just the fair fact that you know it's a journey is already meaningful. Because when you see it again as a bunch of different pieces, okay, some is more meaningful than others. I tied my shoelaces, I mentioned before. I ate breakfast. I went for a walk. At the moment, it was meaningful, but how is it part of the larger narrative? So when you really understand the journey, the journey itself tells you that there's a deeper meaning to your journey. And here I must share with you a story that I always always inspires me. I've mentioned it many times. But every time, it always gives you this new sense of refreshed renewal. And the story is with the Baal Shem Tov, the great mystic, the 19th century mystic, 
18th, 19th century mystic, the founder of the Hasidic movement, with a student of his, colleague student, whose name was Rab Chaim Rappaport. And he sent Rab Chaim once on a journey, on a mission, to go to a certain city and accomplish something. I don't even know if we know what exactly the mission was. But we do know this part. When he came back, he returned, mission accomplished. The Baal Shem Tev, Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem Tev, turned to him and said, so tell me, how did you get there? How did you travel? What, exact, what path did you take? Which seemed like, you know, job done. Why is it relevant anymore? But Baal Shem Tev insisted, so Rabbi Chaim started to share. That one night I, I stayed over night in an inn. The next night there was no inn, so I camped out at the side of a road. I woke up in the morning, and he wanted all the details. So he said, I woke up in the morning, I washed my hands, I said my prayers. Then I sat down to have something to eat. There was a little brook or spring of water at the side of the road. I went over, filled up a cup, and made a blessing. A blessing on the water. The Valshemtov jumped up with excitement and said, that brook of water, that spring of water was waiting from the beginning of time for you to come and make a blessing on it. Think about that. So besides the purpose of the journey to fulfill the mission, every leg of the journey, even something which seems like trivial and only a means to an end, which is that he stayed over, camped out, had a drink of water, something we do all the time. No, all of existence was waiting for you to come to make a blessing and elevate, refine, in the words of the Kabbalists, refine the sparks, the divine spiritual opportunities in that water. You and I, my friends, have exactly the same opportunities all the time. Every interaction with people, with events, even when you wake up in the morning and there's no one even there, everything is an opportunity. Are you going to extract the so-called the spiritual opportunity, the spark within it. And that is how our journeys become meaningful. Because we're not just traveling either for necessity or for leisure, and then it's over. The travel itself, the journey, every part of that journey, is brimming with potent potential, with potent energy, waiting for it to be released by you. each one of us in our own trajectory. You know, people talk about, I'm bored in my life, monotony, I need, I need some novelty, I need some new rush of excitement. And we look for things, sometimes they're healthy, sometimes they're not so healthy. Everybody knows in their own heart and soul. But when you have this attitude, that you don't need someone to come stimulate you. All you need is an attitude, a perspective, to look at your life as the journey and look at every moment and every leg of that journey as an opportunity, are you utilizing it? That will give you all the excitement you need. Because every detail of life, whether you're looking at a flower or you're looking at the sky or you're just daydreaming or you're doing something else, even trivial things, meaningful things are obviously meaningful, is all filled with deeper meaning. But we have to activate it. We have to release that meaningful energy. And that's through our attitude. This story has informed me in so many ways. I've traveled to many places in the world. And often, I take a walk. You know, let's say I have a talk in the evening. Say I may take a walk outside. So 
sometimes beautiful sights. Sometimes it's more of a regular place, but nothing is regular. You walk and I see the leaves, I see the trees. I remember the first time I went to Toronto, I saw black squirrels. In New York, they're gray. It's the black squirrels. And I was thinking about gray, black. So yes, it's an interesting piece of trivia, but everything has a lesson. And when I walk, I sometimes say, who walked before, before me here? And is this the road less traveled on or the road everyone travels on? And then I realized even the road that everyone travels on, still, your footsteps have not walked there, have not tread there. So what are you going to do? Is that little road that you're walking on, or in the forest, or on the street, or wherever it may be, do you realize that it's been waiting for you to come there and maybe have a good thought and say something nice or do a beautiful act? And then that very space and time that has been waiting from the beginning of time and the beginning of space in some way is elevated and some way connects with you. What a beautiful way of looking at life. And you'll say the fact is there are 8 billion others, of others also walking different places or even that place. Well, not everybody walking, obviously, the same space. So each one has our unique. It's like saying different musicians may play the same piece of music, but they play it differently. What are you contributing? What are you bringing to the table? And when you think of it that way, it's like a partnership and a dance. There's a dance going on. Just as we talk about the dance of the subatomic particles, of their pulsating energy, we are also part of that dance. And how do we become part of it? By looking at that situation, by that encounter. You meet someone for business. Okay, nice, interesting. You negotiate, you talk, you make a deal, or you don't make a deal. Don't let it end there. There's always more potential, more opportunity. You know, talk something personal. How's your family? Let it be personal. You'll say, one second, why am I mixing business and pleasure? Or business and personal? It will only enhance the relationship, and it could very well be the only reason you're doing business with this person is, again, from the beginning of time, was to meet for you to say something that will give that person inspiration, strength. Who knows? Everybody's going through their own things. I'm not saying every, people are always suffering, but they could be. Or even if they're not, there's something that you can add to that person's life, and they can add to your life. A beautiful statement in the ethics of the fathers. Who is the wise one? The one that learns from everyone which teaches us two things. Everyone has something to teach and everyone has something to learn. There's no such a thing as a person that can't teach you something. And there's no such thing as you not teaching another person something. And this is all in humility, not because you're here, I'm bestowing my gift on you because I have something to teach you, but it's just the nature of things because the musical notes all teach each other something. And we, we complement each other and we become greater in our synergy, more than the sum of the parts. The Kabbalists have an expression that is the energy that hovers above. That's more than the sum of the parts. You take a few letters, put them together. Let's say the word, um, we're talking about the, the word meaning. It's M-E-A-N-I-N-G. So separately, it's, three, it's different letters that can be combined with other letters to make other words. But when you get together those letters, what do you have? It's much more than just an M and an E and an A and an N and an I-N-G. It now adds a synergetic element to it. That's what happens when we allow that potential to be 
actualized within each of us and as we complement each other. And it's just a beautiful way of looking at life. Sometimes dealing with people who've gone through difficulties in their lives and some have developed a bitterness and anger, a resentment, just have this very down energy, sometimes very critical energy. And when I speak to a person like that, and I remember something vividly just happened a few days ago, I always say to myself, how can I bring out the beauty of that human being? That to me is always the objective. That doesn't mean ignoring or pushing aside the challenges, but it's let's bring the deeper beauty outward, meaning expressing it, and automatically that may somewhat weaken and tame some of the critique, some of the anger, some of the negative energy. And how do you do that? By talking to the person, finding the beautiful aspects of them, and then saying, how are you expressing that beauty? How is you contributing? How is that part of your narrative affecting you and others? So you can go through a day and have all these negative thoughts and critical thoughts and be judgmental and, condes- and all the other stuff that comes with that. But there's another approach. Maybe you're meeting that, that person not just to be critical, well, not at all to be critical, I should say, but in order to bring beauty out of that person through your beauty. Because you do have a beautiful narrative, a beautiful song to sing, many songs to sing. When you can touch the, that chord within a person, it will change a life. Not always easy to do because there's resistance. There are walls up, armor, sometimes many layers of armor. But that is the goal. In the words of Michelangelo when he was asked, how do you sculpt those beautiful angels in the marble? In his response, I see the angels trapped in the marble before I sculpted. And I carved and carved and set them free. Think of it. You don't have to create it, it's there. But it gets trapped. It could be trapped in marble, in concrete, in other substances, in life's traumas, in life's difficulties, in life's challenges that create impediments. They create partitions, sheets, that block your inner beautiful energy. But when you see your life as a journey, and you see it as a meaningful journey, because you look at every leg and every detail, whether it's meeting a person, whether it's interacting with an event, whether it's just walking in the street or meditating on nature, anything, is potential, tremendous potential energy waiting to be released, waiting to be actualized by you. And not just waiting that moment, waiting from the beginning of time and space. It is indeed an unbelievable way of looking at yourself and your life. It also is empowering, because it's a sense of responsibility, that, that it make, you make a difference. It's not, you're not negligible, it's not optional, it's not arbitrary. And indeed, when you do act on it, or speak about it, or think about it, you do change the universe in some way. And that makes all the difference. Because then both you are living up to your great potential, and you're also actualizing the potential of everything that you come in contact with. So in, in addition to everything being part of that larger journey, becomes a meaningful journey, a journey that is infused with a sense of a mission, a mission statement, a vision statement, 
that infuses every detail with a deeper meaning. From, the drink, from a cup of water, from drinking a cup of water, to a step that you take. And every step you take, and every breath you take, is infused with this deeper, bigger picture. So in addition to looking at your life instead of a bunch of different fragments, you see a larger narrative. And what's even more beautiful, it's not a narrative that was written for you. Though there is a script and there's a choreography, but you're par- a partner in it. You're a partner. Yes, you get credits. What's your partnership? What will you do? You are part of writing the, the, the story and, of the un, and part of the development of the unfolding drama of your life and the life of the universe. Because one key thing is necessary. It's not that you were just brought to these situations and you find yourself there that God leads the footsteps of a person, but you've utilized the reason you, you can be brought somewhere and not and go to sleep or ignore it. Or you can actualize it. And that's where we come into play and that's why we are needed to write and actualize the music, to write the story and narrative and let it play itself out. All of that adds up to a life that's definitely worth living and a life that is an honor to be part of, a humble honor. And on my end, I will say, it's an honor to intersect and interact with you, an indispensable piece of this larger narrative of your narrative, of my narrative, the narrative of so many other people, in this glorious journey of so many different intersecting pieces, but all leading to a greater harmony, to a greater synergy, more than the sum of the parts. And this indeed is our calling and mission in general, but I also consider it my personal calling and mission, and that of the Meaningful Life Center, as the name clearly suggests, finding meaning in everything we do, and that is our mission, is to help you find your meaning in your life. Help us find meaning, help us all find meaning in each other, and join together in this great harmony within diversity. So please join me in every way possible. I'd love to hear feedback, thoughts, comments, suggestions, and please share with others, because we're not complete until we reach every person on this earth. And every person contributes their unique flavor their unique melody, their unique touch in this majestic symphony, cosmic symphony, and this majestic work of art. Thank you so much. This has been Simon Jacobson from Meaningful Life Center. Meaningfullife.com is our main website where you can find a schedule of programs, events, as well as a wide array of materials, both text, video, audio, podcasts, as well as on all the platforms out there, social media platforms. So please join, please subscribe, and please stay in touch. Thank you so much, and be blessed. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.